Francis, the father, aka Father Francis. What's up? What's up, Boogie? Um, nothing much. I'm just I'm I'm totally not gonna drill you right now with the things I got to say today. It's all good. Um, figured we'd get on here and just shoot one from the hip again, real quick. Uh, been through a few episodes so far. Yep, and I um. <clears throat> the idea was um, kind of thought the listeners don't really know us as much as I think y'all should. I can say so. I can agree on that. Yeah. Um, we just really just threw the first episode out there and then jump right into interviews. And we just want to slow it down real quick just to shoot back and forth and kind of get you guys out there listening to Get to know us just a little bit more. So, what do you got, Boogie? Um, it's just well with um asking with asking a bunch of questions with you. I think it'll be really interesting for the listeners. So, first question I want to ask you is um, how's job? How's your work? You know, you're adult, unlike me. <laughs> the adult question, right? Work, man. Work is work is work. You know, when adults get together and we say, hey, what's going on? Usually the adult answer is just work. Work? You know, that's a, that's a general way to say I'm going through the motions and I made it through the day of work and now I get to go home. But um, sometimes work is like that. I try not to let it get like that for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um try to break up what I do every day so it's not the same thing all the time. I left my last um I left my last job to come to this job to do different things all the time. And sometimes that's difficult to do, especially when you have the same problems rolling towards you. But um work is 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 challenging right now. I've got some new things that were put in front of me, some new projects, some some um, new initiatives that we're doing at work. So, you know, and I know that's kind of a vague answer. Um, right now, more specifically, I'm working on streetlights. So streetlights, what we're doing is, of course, you have the streetlight on the pole. Well, we're trying to make them smart. Well, we are making them smart. Smart in what regard? So we're putting, you have your street light, your your light with your driver. Probably go a little technical on you real quick. But you, have, mm-hmm. you have your light that your driver on your pole, and the power traditionally is ran to the light. It's ran through a photo cell. Meaning the photocell sees when the sun goes up, when the sun goes down. It sees when it's light, when it's dark. When it's dark, it tells the light to turn on. And when the sun comes up, it sees that and tells the light to turn off. Well, we're, put, we're replacing that photocell unit with a network lighting control. So essentially, we're putting a smart device on it. We can talk to it. And we can control it. And it can tell us what's going on. So that's a whole system that's in place and we have to maintain the system and we're learning it as we go. There's a lot of programming issues and contractors and things. So yeah, it's, it feels like work is just, you know, working on this one thing, one thing, but every situation is unique. So work is work. Work is work. Yeah. I think, um, that's the same thing with my generation of people is school is school. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so with those lights, so when you say like sort of it telling when it's nighttime, when it's daytime, is that reading that off the camera? Like it's detecting a certain amount of rays, UVs from the camera or something? Yeah, it's just a device that has a, uh, and I'd be wrong exactly on this, but a, a luminaire sensor. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I'm sure a lot of people bought these solar lights for their garden. You stick them in the ground and. When you install them during the day, they're not on. Well, on top of them, there's a little small eye. And if you cover that little eye 
with your finger for X amount of time, it's going to say, well, it's dark out, so it's time for me to turn on. So, Dang, that's cool. Yeah, it's just like a little sensor. It's really not a um, super fancy, super complicated piece of hardware because those have been around for a long time, and that's how traditionally everything was ran. So mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So, works cool, man. It's uh, very challenging. Sometimes it's tiring. Challenging in the social aspect or the working aspect? Because those are two completely different things. Yeah. Um, well, the working aspect, because we're I'm, I'm trying to learn some new things. And while maintaining the things that I did already. Socially, I've really stepped back socially at work just to focus on learning. Um, we have a lot of volunteer events and things, and I've, I tend to do those. We actually have one coming up. Um, but I haven't done as much as I've done in the past just because I really want to focus on elevating at work. So, you know, it's just that balance. Right. I got you. So with, so you balancing that stuff, um, I feel like it's the same way with maybe me at school, even if we're in summer at the moment, um, as you all know, with the, well, I was in school. I was kind of cut away from the social aspect too and sort of like focusing on work, just working, working, working. And not, it's not like a, I don't have time to more or I don't have time to kind of thing. It's more of a, I'm working to the point where if I go do anything else, I'll, I don't feel like it. Like I don't have that kind of energy or I just don't, I feel like I'll, snap out of whatever locked in mode I'm in or something like that. So are you saying you when you're working on something school related or academic related, if you break that that you're going to lose interest in going back to it or it's gonna it's going to be hard to start back up? I think it's kinda way it's kinda hard to start back up in a certain aspect. It's not like with one off things, but let's say I do a bunch of stuff in a row it'll be kind of hard to slip back into that thing mm-hmm. with even just like week long breaks for school. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, new semester started and it's possible for me to crash and burn during the beginning of the next semester. Cause I'm like, I'm not in the mode to do this anymore. Yeah. Jumping modes is hard. You know, now the world we live in, we have to change modes so fast and we're expected to multitask, you know, we're, at work, you have multiple problems you're working on, multiple projects, and you have to be able just to switch, 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 switch. And then school, man, I I was thinking about, you know, cl- classes start, when school starts back in the fall, in your course collection, your course selections, that's a lot to do in one day. And I know, and I know, Generally, all the high schools are structured that way, but do you ever find your way, you ever find yourself in school saying, man, okay, I'm in math, and I'm just really applied my mental power to learn today's math lesson, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm i right, I just, just got my hands around it, I just figured it out, like some things clicked in my mind, and the bell rings and you have to go do another yeah, subject. You got to go switch gears. Yeah, man. I hate that. I mean. I hate that at work, man. I hate that. <laughs> I think it's like I'm rolling. I'm good. The phone call. The, fo- the phone rings. The email comes in. It's like switch gears. This is an emergency. Yep. Yeah. Focus. Focus. Building momentum. And then having to stop and switch gears. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And not necessarily stop your momentum, it's keep going, just go in a different direction. Still be as productive. Yeah. I think with the um with the whole all in one day kind of thing, especially when you're like starting school again for your new next grade, you have to adapt to seven new environments. And you have about a week to adapt to those environments before you just have to start getting drilled in them. Yeah, that's tough. But that's, in a way, that's kind of, that's almost like real life. Maybe not as many environments, but there's new people at work. There's new people when you're traveling for work, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. 
Well, it's variable depending on what kind of job you have and um, variable on what kind of job you have, what the roles you take on. And I will say one thing, when you get to the adulthood, um, you want to be able to know how to say no. You know, you have to be able to say my plate is full. I know with your class selection, you really can't say that. You're required to have those seven those seven classes. Is it, is it seven classes? Um, between seven and six. I think it's seven, though. Okay. So you really can't say, we really can't say no. You really can't say no to the seven classes, but I guess you can say yes or no to what projects you're going to work work on or extracurricular things you're going to work on. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, it's it's really it's kind of a confusing thing with extracurriculars and at least you have a choice in real life you low-key don't have a choice a lot of the time it is what it is yeah yeah i mean to an extent you do it's all about how you manage your time yeah that's true yeah that's a big thing man is time management and focus so yeah so i say work is work work is a is a is a is a struggle of time management and focus. Yeah, and I feel like once you find that balance, things get better. But as you try new things and do new things, or assign to do more things, or as we say at work, voluntold, mm-hmm. that kind of disrupts that building of focus and time management. So it's all about adjusting to it too. Yeah. Do you think? There's a certain way of adapting out there to the point where you're so adaptable that you don't have to say when you get told to do something voluntold, as you said, voluntold to do something new. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't knock you off your rocker as much or off your balance, I guess you should say. Mm. I guess it just depends on what it is. Um, I think having an attitude of having an attitude of getting things done and being an asset will knock a lot of that out of there. Mm-hmm. So think of, of your, your plate is full. You know, let's say your plate is full in school and you're teamed up with three other people to do a project and they want you to lead the project. Well, you're already doing all your classes plus band plus gaming club plus everything else you signed up to do. Mm-hmm. And now you have this project that you have to collaborate with and you're the, you're the one they want leading it. Well, you may immediately say, dang, I don't, I ain't got time for this. I ain't got time for y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to do me. Like, I don't, I don't want to carry y'all. Right. And it's not necessarily carrying them, but you have to look at it like, okay, they asked me for a reason. So sometimes I got to ask myself that at work. Like why they asked me to do this. Right. Because sometimes People will see in you things you may not see in yourself at the moment. Mm-hmm. So they say choose wisely. That's why you're chosen. So think of it like that. I try to think of it like that. Okay, they chose me to do this. There's a reason. I have this skill set. I have this skill set in A and B, and it, it applies to this. True. Right? Yeah. And then you have to think, okay, that time management piece. How am I going to fit this into what I'm doing Effectively. And am I going to be able to give. Am I going to be able to give the effort. And the results. That they're expecting. Right. You know. May take a little time to. Put that together in your mind. But. If you can do it. Implement a plan and share it. If you can't. You need to. Share that as well. Yeah. You know. It's. It's tough man. It's a balance. When it comes to like projects in school i uh i tend to i don't like group projects in general i don't like working with people that's <laughs> that's just how i am yeah if, if i'm gonna do something i'm gonna do it my way and i'm not gonna have a second opinion about it from anybody i'm gonna do this better than everybody in this room and i don't want anyone's second idea or tidbit about it like at all like it just it is what it is i feel like the 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 work process with other people is more difficult by a long shot 
And maybe that's due to the type of person I am, but I don't like having to work around other people's ideals and ideas. I can see that. I'm to a degree I'm the same way. Especially when it's um stuff that you feel like you know very well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like, dang, you put me with you put me with them, they're gonna slow me down. Yep. You know, or I gotta teach them or I gotta I have to I have to do this real slow so they can understand the way I'm doing it. Um that just go back goes back to that piece where why did they choose you to do it? Why did they ask you to do it? Why are they even making you collaborate with other people? I find in my in my employment, when you collaborate with other people, everyone has their skill set that contributes to the whole. So the environment that I'm in, I felt like that way coming in. But now that I'm in my job role, I work around people who have a lot more knowledge than me or have different skill sets than me. Because I have some knowledge that they don't have and they have knowledge that I don't have. So now we're working together as a team. So I try to think of it like that. How can I play my part in this team? Um, And then sometimes, you know, in school settings, it's probably teacher might want to put you with someone else who is not quite up to speed as a way to get them up to speed. I hate that. (laughs) Bro, just teach. Low-key making you the teacher. Well, you know, I, I believe teachers, sometimes they get exhausted with trying to Get somebody just to understand something. And maybe the other method is to hear it from a peer. Some people some people don't want to hear th- everything from one person or one group of people. Sometimes their peer has to tell them. The I've, same exact thing. It's I've like, never been that way. <laughs> like, I don't want help from you. What? <laughs> have, you, have you learned anything new from a classmate? Or has a classmate ever sat you down and did the same thing the teacher just done and you feel like, Dang, I didn't, I didn't see it that way. Nah. No? Nah. I'm sure there has to be one instance in there somewhere. I mean, maybe there is, but if it is, I'm blocking it out right now. Because yeah. I don't, um, I don't, I, yeah, yeah, I don't recall that at all. Like, I, most students don't talk to me in general. So, getting help from someone is very uncommon for me. I don't like asking for help in general. Yeah, that's the one thing everybody, especially as adults, man, we have to learn how to ask for help. I mean, that's that's a very difficult thing to do. We all want to perform. We all want to look like we're capable. And some, some of us accept that as failure when we don't, when we don't look like we're capable. Um, recently, I won't say very recently, I've been working on this for some time now, but asking for help and just admitting, say, I don't know how to do this. It, it it's, it's helped me a lot and it's saved me a lot of time than trying to go back on my own and just figure it out. I mean, hours and days. Yeah. It's saved me. Just figure it yeah. out. Now it's still difficult for me, man. We, we were on a um, team's call today and, uh, you know, team's calls online, uh, video, you can mm-hmm. share your screen, all that good stuff, you know? Um, and I had a question that, felt like it was kind of a dumb question, and I didn't ask it. At the end of the call, I said, dang, I should have asked it. But I felt like it's a dumb question. What I didn't want to look stupid in front of my peers. It was just it was just, a, it was just me verifying that a certain process when I did A, B, and C did happen. And I'm 99% sure that it did, but there were some changes, and I just wanted to ask it again. But I feel like, you know, I'm going to ask a yeah, dumb question. Gonna, yeah. We're talking about some high-level stuff here. Let me not. Um, let me not look dumb right here, but. Really, I should, in the end, I should have asked it. You think you should have? Well, I think, you know, when you ask questions, especially questions that you know other people want to know the answer to, somebody, somebody listening or in the room or in the area or in the conversation says, man, I'm glad they asked that because I want to know the same thing. Uh, that's a real positive <laughs> huh? way. That's a real positive way of looking at that. I, mean, I don't know statistically if that's a real thing or not. Oh, that's all. That's every time. You think so? That's every time, man. Every time. Mm, I don't know. In a classroom that. setting, if you want to ask the teacher, I don't know, if we all get done in time, we can go outside and play. I know that's kind of a elementary thing, but come on, man. All the kids want to go play. 
Like, that's, you know, one kid is brave enough to ask a question and the other kids are just like, in their mind, like, yeah. Kids are like yeah. hive minds at that age, though. They're all practically thinking the same thing. Yeah, but they're scared to ask, though. Think about it like that. I mean, yeah, they are scared to ask. Yeah. But I feel like at a older age, that's, you become more of your, your person. Like mm-hmm. And I don't think that we operate on such hive minds mm. anymore as we're older. So tell me, tell me what you think about this asking, you know, we're talking about asking, why is it so hard to ask for things? And, and I know that's a general question and I guess I'll make it more generalize it even more. You know, why is it so hard for kids for ask to ask for things that they want or adults to ask other adults for help? Well, with adults, it's pride with kids. It's fear. Every choice a kid on our 18 makes is driven by fear. Any Anything they doubt is fear. Okay. And maybe they do have, when they're older, but not an adult yet, they have a layer of pride. But when it comes down to it, it's fear. So what are they, what are they fearful of? Fearful of the negative consequence. This is drilled into you when you're out the womb. The, like... <laughs> <laughs> the negative consequences of a choice you make. The no? The fear no. Of the no. Fear of the no. Fear. I mean, if it's just a question of asking something they want, you know, it might necessarily come with a consequence. Is no for a young person a consequence? I guess it is. It, it still inflicts a negative emotion upon you, even if it's just factually no, and it really shouldn't upset you because it is what it is. Yeah. But to a kid that age, that will actually affect you in a way, shape, or form. Yeah, you're, you're right. The kids don't like being told no, but neither do adults, you know, and kids but throw I, fits about it and adults throw different types of fits about <laughs> it. <laughs> really? You know, oh man, I'm telling you, adults are just grown up kids. Uh, learning how to, learning how to accept no, that's a, that's a high value skill, man. And I know some mm. people that can turn around and be positive almost every time. They're just masters of of hearing a no and then coming with back with another solution or coming back with a solution or another question to turn it into a yes mm-hmm. with kids. It's, you know, mom, can I have some candy? No. And it's tantrum, mm-hmm. you know, young. And then mom, can I go spend the night at someone's house? No. And it's attitude for a while. And, you know, it just, it just goes on and that, that, that continues on. You know, I've seen some people work, get told no, or in the workplaces at different jobs, get told no, and all of a sudden they they don't want to be a good employee anymore. It's crazy, man. Yeah. I don't know. When you, I've always found it hard to wrap my head around the concept of adults are just big kids. They are, man. Like you said, that that, that fear turns into pride. Adult Adults are very prideful people. I mean... We work hard and we want to be proud of what we have. and It's a status thing too, man. That's tough. Yeah, I, it definitely is a status thing. I definitely see that. Mm-hmm. But that's that's kind of driven to us as a society forever in every culture. Sure. Yeah, some cultures it's everything. Yep. You know, status, even amongst your own family. Sometimes it's everything within your own family. But everyone's going to have a degree of it, man. But one thing is, man, if you can get to the point where you really don't care what other people think and you can just do you and do it well and it's making you successful, that's like, that's high. That's super high level. At least to me it is. Yeah. Super high level. Most people, they have that ability to not care what other people think or say, but they're by doing so they're uh negatively affecting themselves or people around them even if they don't know it or if they don't care to accept it because they're so caught up in their own lie <laughs> would you call that ego mm, i think it's an ego that is formed out of past experience it's not an ego formed by choice it's an ego Formed 
my past experiences that make them believe that they need to be this way. Mm. Formed by past experiences so they believe they don't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, think about it. Not everyone comes out evil unless you're like Michael Myers. You, you not coming out evil, bro. Some, some, there's either something mentally wrong with you, which is rare, mm-hmm. but, or there's experiences, there's these things, your environment can shape the way you are as a person. Right. I understand what you're saying. Can you imagine how different you'd be if you grew up in a different place? Yeah, you're right. But, you know, people say product of my environment. And then you get to a point where you realize that you really don't have to be. And then you can you can change that. You don't have to be, but it heavily influences oh, yeah. the beginner well, stages. Well, to, to break free of that takes, like, this big self-awareness and self-awakening moment mm-hmm. or moments or group of moments or ex- different experiences. And you say, okay, time for me to take control. Yep. You know. But there's a degree of ego you got to have, especially in adult workplace. And then you get into. But is that ego or respect? Ooh. Ego versus respect. Man. Because having an ego is a negative connotation. while having respect for others is a positive connotation. You can't call them the same thing. I don't, okay. So we don't call them the same thing. Can you have both at the same time? Ego and respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. When I think of when I hear the word ego, I think of you thinking you're in an elevated position from others when you're not, or you are and you're you shoving people's faces, sort of. But when it comes to respect, I feel like respect is respecting other people's boundaries and respecting what people are capable of and what they're not capable of, and but still respecting them enough as a person. To know you can push them to be better. I know some people that don't know that boundary between ego and respect. Dang. Dang, that's a lot, Boogie. I'm trying to process all that. <laughs> let, me, let me write that down. Ego is respect. Respect is ego. Write this down. Mm. I think Let's you can say, have both. Mm. You just gotta, you have to have that balance of both. But the, the, some of the most successful people who really moved the needle and done different things, not just do the expected really well and say, well, this is a great performer. He's a great salesperson or a great boss. Um, they run a, they run a business and they make, they make good money. It's really like game changing, influential people who implement new things do things a different way. Those people generally have some sort of ego around them. Mm-hmm. And as adults, p- people feel that ego. And sometimes people re- bow down and respect it sometimes. It's, it's, it's weird, I guess. It's um, hard to explain it. I don't but know. when you're in a situation, like, like, like let's say you have a, a meeting, a meeting with your work and, and other groups and, you know, meeting with different groups of people. Well, as certain people come in who have a proficient work history, you know, they, they work for the city, they do these things, they're, they're a public figure or they're vice president or CEO of this company. And they come in, they walk in the door and you can sense that ego. Part of the ego is part of, part of their work role essentially mm, right so you maybe. have it but if you work it the right way you can gain the respect and gaining the respect real respect not fearful respect like man i really respect that business owner that restaurant owner because he turned that place that wasn't performing into a great restaurant mm-hmm. it's great food and it's well ran is in poise like i really respect that he's involved in this community that makes people want to invest in you and work with you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a it's a big balance. But what you said was right, man. It's it, it's you can have too much ego; it can hurt you. Yeah, 
I don't. I I guess I kind of struggle with that idea because, like, I hate to bring compare fiction to real life, but like, the Black Panther ain't egotistical. People be bowing to him all the time. Maybe his oh, he's royalty, but the only people I can really think of that are like egotistical in a superhero standpoint is Iron Man. Uh-huh. When it comes down to it, Iron Man is extremely egotistical, and he struggles with that a right. lot of time. But he it, he does command the room in a way, but that could be out of fear, or people will challenge that ego. Mm. Well, trying to compare it to, to real life um, with Iron Man. I don't know, nothing comes off the top of my head real quick, but just talking about just Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. Tony Stark. I mean, he knows what he knows and does what he does and no one else can do it. Mm-hmm. When you get to that level, I think ego drove you there. Um, but you talked about the fear, though. Some people are real egotistical because they're afraid people won't like them. So instead of trying to get people to like them, they're just like, I'm going to do me at this grand scale of, of where it looks egotistical. And if they don't like, if I'm scared, they're not going to like me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to do this. And if they don't like me, it's not because they don't like me. It's because I made them not like me. I call that. Yeah. I call okay. that shot. I can see that. You know what I mean? And then some people do things just so people won't like them. I don't know. Is that like an evil ego or something like that? Do things so certain people won't like you. Yeah, like, you know, some people you just, you don't hang with, you don't click with, so I don't like you, and, man, I really don't want you liking me. I don't think that's ego. I think that's knowing who you want to be around, Mm. and you're influencing Mm. how that relationship will unfold, and that's how you want it to unfold. That is ego. That's a a heavy thing that happens in adults, man. What do you mean? Man, it's just like some adults want to be friends with some folks, and some, some adults just don't want to be around other adults for whatever reason. They might have said something or done something wrong at one time or just don't believe in what they believe in or their values don't align or things like that, man. Why do you think all these adults are constantly arguing on the, on the news, debating? We're going to quote-unquote debating, taking sides in, on these issues and politics and and debates. and Definitely it's differing opinions, which... When you think about differing opinions, you can really think of it as egos clashing with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all the world really is, is egos clashing with each other. Every argument is an ego clashing with each other. Mm. An ego of what you think, what you think is right. Right. It doesn't have to be right, but what you think is right, that's an ego. Everyone has an ego. Okay. So so some people are heavily egotistical, I Say, I believe is the word, mm-hmm. and but you have some people that what I believe is right is right, no matter what you put in front of me that may present, be presented as facts. I don't want to acknowledge them or even look into it. Or I don't even I don't even want to look at you about it. I don't even want to look at it from your point of view or understand why you think that way. What I say is right is right. I think that's. You could you could describe that as foolishness, or you could describe that as faith. Oh man! And that that is another thing <laughs> that it depends on your. I want to say foolishness, it, man. Depends on your perspective, but you can have faith to an idea and not care what anyone else thinks. That's still faith. Yeah, but you have that faith knowing that you're able to produce that idea or make it or or realize that idea. You know, make it real or make it happen. Yeah. Mm. Man, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of things that we went around the world like crazy right there. But to realize you can do that again takes a some some measure of ego. Yeah. So we all got it. It takes a grasp of um knowing who you are. Yeah. And that's a that's a definitely that's a wrestle for some people. Especially at the age I'm at. A lot of people don't know who they are. Yeah, well, knowing who you are is a constant self-discovery. And I don't think anyone 
at least I haven't learned this yet. and Maybe it will come to me at one point. But right now, I believe that we have a journal idea of who we are, but you constantly build on that. You constantly change that. Because if you are now who you were five years ago, Mm -hmm. because you claim you know who you are, it means you didn't grow and you didn't do change. And not changing is deadly. So it's an evolution. He is not changing deadly. Not changing is deadly. That's a good question. That's a fact. You think it's a fact? It is a fact, man. You th- well, well, just think about it. You well, know, from you, what you, I've experienced, you don't yeah. want to be doing the same thing over and over. You, you're going to lose interest. You're going to lose purpose. You're going to lose the excitement. I mean, you, do you want to play the same video game over and over and over? Even if you can play it with in a different mission order or it has alternate endings. I mean, you can only do it so many times. times yeah. So you have to change. You have to build upon that. I want to play the next one. I want to play another one like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to play the VR version. Mm-hmm. So not changing is deadly. Yeah. People get stuck. And then people get stuck, then they say, I don't know how to get out of this. And being stuck is the worst feeling. Man, that's I don't terrible. think I don't think anything tops being stuck. Even grieving. I don't think grieving can equiv is equivalent to the idea of being stuck. Wow. The feeling grieving? of like grieving a death of a loved one? I don't when you are grieving, there's there's stages to grieving, right? Right. One of those stages is being stuck. You don't know what to do anymore. Mm. That piece of your life is just gone. Being stuck is losing a drive. That can cause you to lose drive. Uh after effect of grieving someone is being stuck. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can see that. I see that. I see what you're saying. Dang, that was heavy, Sean. I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. <laughs> I'm trying to think about some people I lost, man. I mean, it's just like, but I get it though. It's grieving people. It's bad. That's a bad feeling though, man. But being stuck. I mean, I've, I felt stuck before for, for a while. I would say for years I felt stuck and, and that was bad. Think about, yeah, that was bad, but it, it's like, I had to feel that way to To turn on the drive, yeah, for the switch to go on, it says, "You know what? I'm I'm never going to allow myself to be in that situation and feel like that ever again." And that's probably one of the greatest feelings you can have. Oh man, tell me about it. <laughs> that's when the ego kicks in. <laughs> True, and that's how it. You know, that's when you're just like, man, f all that, f all that forever. Yep. You know. Hmm. I I got a question. All right. So, once you when you initially whatever your idealism is of making it, you're you're here. You're in the moment. You're you're what you've been working towards forever. Is there ever a layer of fear that is I don't ever want to go back to that. Your biggest fear of losing it all. Biggest fear of losing it all. All right, ask me that question one more time. Ask me that so I can make sure that I'm answering it correctly. So in a hypothetical, let's say you, you've made it. Your definition of made it. Okay. You you have everything you could ever wanted. You you made your life goal. Okay. Is there ever at the beginning of the have at the beginning of having that, is it kind of this overarching fear around you that I don't know what I'll do if I lose this all? Like I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to what I was going through before. I don't want to go back to the grind I was going through before. The people I've lost during that time. Just stuff like that. Mm. That fear of going back to stage one after everything you've done. I think the fear gets you to that point of not going back. Um, That's a driving factor. And in 
my dish in my definition of making it and I made it is when I know in my mind and my heart that I can make it out of anything mm-hmm. that I have built the skill set, the willpower and a mental toughness to say, dang, this is hard right now. Dang, I never dealt with this and I didn't think it would get this bad. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to lose this person. My back's in the corner and then not folding. Mm-hmm. When you, I feel like when you have that mental capacity and that self-confidence, AKA that, that ego, mm-hmm. and you know, you're going to come out of it and you do, that's where you really want to be. Yeah. You know, people, some people would say, man, I, if I had like $2 million, I paid my house off, paid all my debts off and set my family up. Like that's where they want to be. And, you know, there's a lot of wealthy, rich, wealthy, however you want to call it, people out there that live miserable lives. Not saying that I won't want to be rich and wealthy and have those those rich and wealthy <laughs> problems, but, you know, it's just a mindset, man. And, and you have some people out there that live simple lives. Right. They're super happy, man. There's, 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 there's people I, there's some people I know that don't care to have too many, too many things. Mm-hmm. And they're just the happiest man. I I met this, uh, a guy I used to work with. Um, he's about 65 years old. I was working with him at the alarm company and I ran into him about two months ago and he's getting married. Mm-hmm. And he says he's never, he's never felt this way about anyone ever in his whole life. And he has three daughters Wow. Yeah. Like his his marriage with their mother never equated to this. Mm-hmm. And knowing the type of guy he is and his personality and his intelligence, I don't I don't want to say it's lust. Mm-hmm. It's new, bright, shiny thing. You know, he's a deep thinker and and I saw it in him. And his his wife he sold his his house and his wife sold his house and live in an RV. Mm-hmm. And he says all this, he was in electronics like I am. Right. He had all he had the same stuff that I had that that I have now. They just had it the versions before me because he he's been in the game for so long. And he said he sold all that stuff, and he's the happiest he's ever been. Wow, tripped me out. Really tripped me out, and I said, dang. And that's the first time in a long time that I ran into somebody and had such a great conversation and had some positive things to say, mm-hmm. you know? So going back to that question, you know, when a lot of adults say, Hey, well, how's it going? And they just say, just work, you know, that's where that changes deadly part kicks in. Right. You know? So when someone asks you, Hey, what's going on? You're not going to sit down and spill the beans and want to unload on everybody, but just try to have something positive to sell, tell them. Hey, everything's great. I've been, I've been doing this or, you know, share something with them that they're not expecting. I mean, you don't have to, but that opens great conversation because how, it, how hard is it to move on from, Hey, hey, Boogie, how's it going? Hey, just go, just go. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's it's a uh, you, you got some good stuff. You, you, you always got to have something you're working on. Yeah, it definitely it depends on your your mindset. When asked a question like that, it's it's always a choice when you're asked a question like that if you want to expand upon it or not. And it just depends how well you know this person or whatever. But. Overall, the the answer to that question is usually a retelling of how that person's doing. Mm-hmm. If they're going to give you a dis- uh, a not very genuine answer like that, mm-hmm. then I want to say that they're not they're not where they want to be, and even if they're working towards it, 
they're not what they want to they're not what they want to be at right now mm-hmm. just like how the guy you talked to mm-hmm. the genuine conversation he gave you mm-hmm. he's where he wants to be right now yeah i th- i also think he's where he didn't think he would ever be yeah and that is refreshing to hear man have you you have you talked to like one of your friends or somebody you went to school with or somebody you knew and you haven't talked to them while you talk to them and things have really went up for them since you've seen them last. That's like that as an adult, that's one of the greatest things to, to know someone at some time and they may have been struggling or you've seen their struggles or you've wondered, man, how are they going to turn this around? And then you lose contact or, you just go your own separate ways, your own little lanes for a little while, and you come back and you see somebody really come up. As an adult, that's that's like a supernatural high. Now, some adults are straight haters. <laughs> like I can't stand him, man. He got a he thinks he got a new car and he got a new thing. I can't stand him, you know. Yeah, but to really care about somebody and see them doing good, man, that's that's just a great feeling. I just love all. I I love to see all my people around me <laughs> doing better. You yeah, know, it, it's just nothing but blessings to see someone who really turned it, turned it around and they got their hand. They they feel like they have control. Yeah, I think you asked me the question: Have I ever experienced something like that? I would say I haven't, but. That's because I've only really learned the ability of how to keep in contact with people I meet recently. Mm -hmm. But as of before, no, not really. I haven't gotten to that point in my life yet. Mm. And you mean the point of of, of constantly keeping up with people? The, I think the point in my life where the people I know around me can make their own decisions to change where they're at in their life Mm -hmm. and also point in me keeping in contact with people right? because of how I say I'm busy, which I am, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times, man, I just don't want to do some stuff. Yeah, I I can understand that. And that's no diss to anybody. If anything, it's a diss to how I'm doing at the moment. If I don't want to, if I don't want to hang with you, it's probably something going on with me. Right. Well, as you get an adult, it's it's. I mean, I'm 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 probably speaking this from personal experience. It's harder to keep in contact with people. Um. And as you as your circle grows, as your family grows, you know it's it's really hard to keep up with everyone. And I say that, even though we have FaceTime and messages and. And all these messaging apps and emails and group text and calls. And the messed up I put calls in the end. Just picking up that phone and calling. Um, I don't think so. I, I say it's hard. It's not hard. The technology's there. It's just just doing it. That's the hard part, man. I mean, it takes some mental brain power to call someone you haven't talked to in a while. Yeah. You're dedicating maybe 30 minutes of conversation to this person just to be interested in what they're talking about and really caring about how they're doing yeah that's man we if you really care you're gonna you're gonna call them you're gonna pick up but if they're this half person in your life they're this person that isn't around enough for you it's gonna be harder to pick up that phone right but it needs to be done man somebody's got to do it you That's know, true. They can, you know, a lot of a lot of those. Uh, they can call me, just like some friends are. You know, we haven't hung out in a while. Well, you know where I live. Yeah, I know where you live, and I know I could pull up on you anytime. But it's that effort. Yeah, you know, it's like I want to give you some effort, but I feel like you haven't gave me the effort. And now that I feel like you didn't give me the effort, now I'm going to reduce the effort that I want to give back. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a reciprocal thing when really, man, if, like you said, if you really care about somebody, you just pick up that damn phone and just call. And that's something I'm guilty about, man. I I, I think about a lot of my family and I need, I need to pick up the phone and call. 
Yeah. Um, I feel real guilty about that. I mean, it's even to the point where, like, I see some family in the grocery store. I'm like, dang it. Dang it. Last time I talked, I told him I was going to come by and see mm-hmm. him. I, was, I told him I was going to keep him. I was like, I did it again. And it's like, it compounds and it compounds. And sooner or later, it's like, man, he ain't ever going to call me. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of a man. layer of guilt. I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's a layer of guilt. But we're 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 all busy. But... You know, I don't want to use that excuse right now because sometimes some of my friends will say, I'm just too busy. And I says, well, my response to that is everyone makes time for what's important to them Uh because we all have the same amount of time. It's just how we choose to use it. You know, so if you want something, you're going to make time for it. You're going to set some time aside for it mm-hmm. and if you're busy you know if i need you to to do something exactly at this time or be here at exactly this day if you're really busy like you're really doing something you know you're working you're doing something to progress yourself or take care of something that someone's expecting you to do they're asking you to do it because you're better at doing it mm-hmm. and i get it i i get prior commitments but you know, if it's really important to you to make time for it. Just like a death in the family, man, it's, I hate that. And this is probably the case across the board with everyone, all the listeners and everything. You know, something, somebody passes in the family, all of a sudden everybody wants to get together. Man, could you, like the guilt that comes with that type of event? Yeah. That's like more so now than ever, man. Back in the day, families spent a lot more time together as far as not just, not intermit, intermediate family, but... You know, the cousins, the uncles, the aunts, the grandma, a lot of time together. Now everyone's just so spread out. I guess just modernized, modernized living. We're just moving, to, moving, mm-hmm. moving different areas and it's like doing different things. It's, I don't know. It's like the thought of, um, you know, back in the days, you say maybe it's a layer of growing up as people, uh, but maybe it's all the, it's also this idea of, um, we can, with this technology we have, we can reach out to each other anytime. And I'll reach out to you. I'll reach out to you. Mm. But I have this thing going on in this state, in this country. Like, but we have the abilities to talk to each other. But mm. did we always make that choice to talk to them? No. Because right. things happen with you or with other people that makes them not want to talk. How do, How would you handle where... You haven't really had a conversation with someone and you're like amped up and you amp, you're amped up and you say, hey, what's up, man? Shoot him a text, give him a call. What's what's going on with you? And you just don't get that same energy back. Like, Oof. you know, that, do, do you. Do you pull back and say, all right, I ain't messing with them no more. Or how do you handle that? I think. If it's well, if it's a one time thing, you can call them out a bad time. But if it's a mul- uh, multiple time thing, I think you got to ask them what's up. Okay. I don't think you should be like, okay, I give up. I'm not gonna ask why this person's being this way. I think you got to dig deeper than that. Yeah. I think that's a problem with a lot of people nowadays is they don't dig deep in. They don't dig deep enough. Yeah, it's finding that opportunity to dig deep though. Some you know some adults you sense things going wrong and you just don't know how to ask him like how you really feeling. You ask him, I'm telling him. man. Sometimes people get offended by that. Sometimes people be like, "Who who the hell is this asking me this type of question?" Or I ain't trying yeah. to talk about all that right now. Or man, you know stuff hasn't been going well, man. Like, but I don't though. Like I don't know. I think when people have that kind of response to that that's kind of a a representation of how they're doing right now Mm -hmm. like they really don't want anyone to know and if so don't tell me nothing bro like yeah you know it's it's circling back to that pride thing yeah it is circling back to that pride thing some adults don't want to say man it's really messed up right now or they don't want to talk about it they don't want to 
they don't want to share. They're embarrassed. Pride. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, it's, I guess it's finding the right environment and finding the right words to say, dang, the computer's loud. <laughs> Y'all, my Windows computer took an update, so sorry about that. Um, It's that pride, man. They don't want to share. They feel embarrassed about what's going on. They don't want to talk about it. So I think I think the best thing to do is, like you said, just make that call. But you really want to have to make yourself available for people to open up to you. You know, and I try to be that for my friends, for my family, uh, when they talk to me. Um, sometimes I get carried away with trying to tell them what I would do <laughs> instead of listening. Ooh, yeah. You know, I've done that well, before. you should do this. I've done that well, before. Well, that, that's why a lot of adults don't talk to other people because some adults are like, they should just do this. And if they just did this, this would be this. You know, people don't hear that shit, man. Yeah. People don't want to be told how to do stuff. No. Especially no. as you get older. No. They don't want to hear that. You know, they don't. They, some adults really don't want to hear suggestions most of the time. Unless they absolutely ask for them. People just want, adults just want confirmation. Hey, I'm about to do this. I'm thinking about doing this this way. What do you think? Please say yes. Please say yes. Because I'm going to do it anyway. That's the way they think. It's a, you mm-hmm. know, so I don't, I really don't give recommendations unless they specifically ask for them. Right. Most of the times I would just say, Hey, well, you need to think about it and weigh all your options. You know, if a, if you do a, this is going to have you do B this, you know, write it down pros and cons, whatever, but just be, be open, man. Make that call and be open. That's major. Yeah. So, you know, for any family listening, man, I owe all of y'all a phone call. A lot of y'all visit. And, um, you know, we're all guilty of it, but, you know, I think if I, I'm going to try to make that effort and pick up the phone and make some calls and, um, reach out, you know, well, Boogie, that was, that was a lot, man. That went <laughs> yeah. heavy real quick. We were just supposed to just holler at everybody, leisure, see what was going on. And, but that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. It's talking, you know, so really talking. That is what's up. So cool, man. Well, it is late. Mostly. Just decided to jump on here and spit game to y'all. See what's going on. Which, man, it was a wing at night tonight. You know, <laughs> like you asked about work, man. Work, work's been bleeding to coming home, and I didn't get a chance to cook tonight. So, what was your wing at food? Wing it, bro. That it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. <laughs> clutch, clutch, twenty four seven, bro. That is DiGiorno and homemade pizza. Is human dog food, man. It is not that bad. That's just my opinion, man. It's, it's not that a, bad. Man, a roast beef sandwich with cheese. You know, at least you had to put that together. <laughs> and, you know, that, 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 that sandwich can hit the right spot. But I just don't know about homemade pizza, man. Mm. I had a couple of slices of mom's pizza. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean. It's, it's garbage, it's bro. It's mid. And then I had it. And I made some tuna. Now your you tuna know, look good. Hey. That struggle tuna is two of those cans of that. What is it? Chicken of the sea. <laughs> Little mayo, some yeah. sweet relish, some Tonys, and about half of the half of the eighteen original herbs and spices that they put in Popeye's <laughs> chicken. <laughs> Mix that on there. Let's see. I had that, and I had a bag of wrap snacks. Little babies. <laughs> Ooh, you're so cool. They're so salty, man. Those are me as chips. Super so salty. salty. Yep. Yeah, cool. Well, um, Boogie, it was good talking to you tonight. It's good talking to you too. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, so it was midweek for us. We're grinding it out. Uh, we're just glad that you guys stuck around to listen. We really appreciate um, the listens that we have. We're looking at analytics. I'm not going to spit out the exact lessons, but um, we're in a triple digits now in listens. Oh, dang. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're in triple digits of listens. Um we have a listener in Alaska. Don't know who that is. Uh, we have our Tracy and Nicole. Mm-hmm. Listen to it in Europe where they're deployed. But not only were they deployed, I'm not sure if they shared it with somebody somebody else that they know in that area. But we have somebody that's kind of on the other side of Europe that's listening. So, and then one listener in New Orleans. I still can't figure that one out. 
who listened yeah, to Orleans? That's an interesting I, can't, one. I can't figure that. So shout out to whoever listened in New Orleans. Um, we just appreciate y'all giving us time of day. Um, like I say, we're just here to discuss what we got going on. And, uh, man, we're going to kick it off. Uh, everyone have a good rest of the week. Um, grind, man. Everyone grind. Go to work. And don't just make it about work. Try something different. Try something new. You know, break it up a little bit. And and call somebody that you love. And say, hey, man, I ain't heard from you a minute. <laughs> yeah. I just want to tell you I was thinking about you. And I just want to know what's going on. And you never know where that conversation is going to lead to. So, yeah, man. Good stuff, Boogie. So, you got anything you want to exit with? Hope everyone has a great night, morning, or evening, wherever you're at, man. Wherever you're at. Do it and do it big. All right. This is Francis the Father, a.k.a. Father Francis. And Sean, a.k.a. Boogeyman. Yes, Yes, sir. Signing off. Thanks for listening to the Southern Sauce Podcast. See you on the next episode.